Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome to Healing the Grieving Heart with host mother-daughter team Dr. Gloria Call Horsley, marriage and family therapist, and Dr. Heidi Horsley, both experts in the area of grief and loss. Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi dedicate this show to their deceased son and sibling, Scott, and to all of the parents and other family members who have lost loved ones before their time. Each week, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi and their guests will share stories of loss, hope, and renewal. Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Each week we welcome you to Healing the Grieving Heart, a show of hope and renewal for those who have suffered the loss of a child or a sibling. Well, Heidi, uh, we were on yesterday also, but uh, not on Healing the Grieving Heart. Heidi and I did a web seminar for the hospice nurses of uh, Florida. Actually, not hospice nurses. We thought that's what it was going to be, but it turned out to be the whole hospice team. And uh, uh, Florida was a wonderful experience and kind of crazy doing. We'd never done a web seminar on the net. So it was very interesting. We wanted to share uh, some of the information uh, that we did at the hospice program with you today because we think that it's uh, really important. Before we get into that, I want to say that this morning I'm going to be speaking at uh, Fairfield High School at the Compassionate Friends tonight, and that's um, outside of San Francisco. And uh, I wanted to say that, you know, if Heidi and I, Heidi's in the New York area, I'm in the San Francisco area, if you've got any groups, bereavement groups around your area that you would like us to come and speak to, I, speaking for myself, I'd be happy to. And how about you, Heidi? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. I would too. So we're very happy to come and do any of that. And I'll be going to Fairfield High. It was kind of interesting this morning because I had uh, uh, I had to get directions to get out of Fairfield High. And... I got a nice gentleman on the phone, Dan, and uh, we started talking, and uh, Dan told me a bit about his son who had taken his own life five years ago. Oh, wow. And uh, so this, I was planning on going on uh, Sandy's website this morning, but I didn't quite get there because I ended up uh, talking to Dan a bit. But I just wanted to say, Dan, uh, you know, you're doing well, and it's just only been five years, but also I wanted to tell you we got a tea time for golf at the Presidio <laughs> at 10 o'clock on Monday. So there you go. Okay. Got to have a little fun along with it. So here we are uh, talking about the Florida Hospice and Palliative Care program that Heidi and I did yesterday on the Internet. And I wanted to start out by, uh, it's on, the hospice seminar was on continuing bonds and how we continue bonds with our family members. And we'll be talking a bit about that today. But let's talk about uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, you know, there were the old stages, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And what we talked to the nurses about was the fact that whatever happened to acceptance, and uh, Sandy reminds us on her website and in her book that, uh, and she'll be our guest in a moment, that, you know, this model was designed for people to look at people who were dying and accepting their own death. After someone has died, really, we're moving on to what we now call continuing bonds. You want to talk a little bit about those, Heidi? About what the continuing bonds are? Yeah, and what we talked about on the show. Okay, basically, like my mother said, um, in the past it was about cutting ties and moving on and closure. And uh, now we're realizing that that's not, we all know that's not what happens after someone we love dies. Uh, we maintain emotional connections with them and we try to incorpor- we incorporate them into our lives while at the same time investing in new relationships and moving on in a productive manner. 
Um, and Sandy actually brought this up. When I looked on the website, I went, wow, okay, we're in the same place as our guest today. Because um, she said something very similar. After her son died, she said she found a lot of articles and books on closure and moving on. But she found nothing that gave her permission to continue her relationship with her son. And so we talked a lot about how to do that on yesterday in the webinar and uh, how people do that naturally. You naturally do that. When someone has been in your life, your whole life, and you expect to grow old with them, when they die, they're still a big part of your life and your memories, and uh, they're still in your life in many ways. Absolutely. Well, why don't, um, uh, right after I talk a little bit about uh, our website and about uh, emails, Heidi, then you can introduce our guest and, and carry on with that. Okay. That theme. Um, this is Healing the Grieving Heart with uh, Dr. Gloria Horsley and Dr. Heidi Horsley. And we have a website, healingthegrievingheart.org, that you can go on. These shows are archived on that site as well as the Compassionate Friends website. And you can also download these shows on iPod. You can also join us on our show today at 866-472-5792 with thoughts regarding uh, the losses in your life. Again, our line for Colin is 866 866- Four seven two five seven nine two. This show is also brought to you by the Library of Life. The Library of Life, for $50, you can create a website, a lasting memorial for your child or loved ones who have died. And um, it is on the net for a lifetime and very easy to put up. I put them, uh, I've put several of them up. And you can also go to our website, healingthegrievingheart.org, and uh, log on my son's uh, Library of Life website, or, uh, Heidi's brother, Scott, and... Uh, so, hi, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest now. Okay. Um, today our topic is A Journey from Loss to Love, and our guest is Sandy Goodman. In July of 1996, 18-year-old Jason Goodman grabbed a high-voltage line. When he died three hours later, his mother Sandy found herself catapulted into a pit of darkness. Unable and unwilling to accept that the son she had loved and nurtured for 18 years had simply ceased to exist, She went in search of a path where she could work her way through the grief and come out on the other side with their connection to Jason still intact. Four years later, she realizes she had not only accomplished her intent, but had found gifts along the way. Sandy is the author of Love Never Dies, A Mother's Journey from Lost to Love, and the chapter leader of the Wind River Chapter of the Compassionate Friends in Central Wyoming. Welcome to the show, Sandy. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Well, Sandy, I've really enjoyed uh, reading your book, and, and you have lots of insights and wonderful things uh, that you're going to be able to share with our guests today. I'm very pleased about it. And as I said, I think we're, you and Heidi and I are on the same page mm-hmm. about um, these losses we've had in our life. Can you tell our audience a little bit about your family? Because I know uh, your son Jason had a twin brother, and then he has an older brother also, is that? Yes. Um, I'm married to Dave. Dave and I have been married 30-some years, 34 years. Um, well, that kind of busts the idea that people who, get, who uh, have children die get divorced. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, really. Um, we have three boys, Jason, and Jason has a twin brother, Josh, who's there, and Jason, geez, Josh is now 28, and Jeremy is 30 and lives in Albuquerque. Josh lives here with us in Riverton. Um, Dave and I are house parents in a group home, so we... Spend our time with abused and neglected adolescent males, most well, like our life. <laughs> yeah, we've been there for 20 years at that job, yeah. so we're, we're we're thinking it's time to retire, but it's just not happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Sandy, could you tell us a little bit about our journey, your journey for your folks, the, the folks out there? Let me 
preface a few things. You've had quite the losses in your life, uh, not just uh, your son, Jason. You also, as I was reading through your book, um, your sister died, what, in your only sibling? My in brother. 93? My brother. Oh, a brother. Yeah, my only okay. sibling, but he was wow. my brother. Yeah. Yeah, my, yeah, I, it, it's almost like my life was set up so that I would be prepared for Jason. Um, mm. It started out with my father-in-law and then... Now, wait a minute. We need to go way back. Yeah, you way back. You had a stillbirth that was... Oh, okay, baby, okay. Right? I, had, I had two, actually. I had a stillbirth and a miscarriage. Um, a, the stillbirth was, I was about probably three months along, and then James Michael was born, uh, I was almost six months, and he was born still. That was in 1975 and 1976. So now, is that your first two children? He, no, they were in between. I had Jeremy first, okay. and then I had the two... Stillbirth, mm-hmm. and then I had the twins. Oh my goodness! Yeah, was that a, was the twins' birth a tough thing, or you know, were they early or? They were. Oh, I only knew a week that I was going to have them, and then no, they were like three weeks early. Not early enough to be a problem. So they, they were, were normal. No, yeah, they were. They they were born cesarean, and they were fighting over who was going to get out. In <laughs> <laughs> they never stopped. Okay, <laughs> they, they were always competitive. Um, and then. I had several years with everything just kind of went along, and life was life was really nothing. I mean, what I know life is now was nothing then. Um, life was good, but it wasn't what I think, what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, we moved to Wyoming in 1986, brought the boys, basically moved into the group home, and then it started. Then it started. Dave's, Dave's dad died. Um, then a niece, a three-year-old niece, died of cancer, which was really mm-hmm. a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, then my mom died. Mm-hmm. Then my brother died. I hope I don't get this out of order. My only sibling, Gary. Now, what did Gary die of? Gary had pancreatic cancer. He was diagnosed in January, December or January and died, like, in February or March. That's so, a painful wow. one. Yeah, yeah, wow. that was a tough one. How old was he? He was 40... Maybe like 40. Wow. I don't know. Awful. I remember he was happy he wasn't going to have to hit 50. <laughs> he was, uh-huh. my, my brother was very enlightened and really helped, my, and my mom too. Both of them, when they died, were like ready to die. It was, uh, they had made so, peace with it. it. They didn't put me into the, into the pit when they died. Um, so they, so they had made peace with it, kind of. They like, had, they had, and they prepared everybody else. I mean, it was, okay. yeah. Um, wow. And then my my 24 year old nephew died in a car accident in the spring of '96. Oh my gosh! And then Jason, Jason in July of '96. Mm-hmm. It was the uh, was your uh, nephew that died. Was that your brother's son? It was my husband. Oh, okay. uh, my husband's brother's son. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, that is a lot of that is a lot of loss. Yeah. And then uh, and then Jason. And Jason. Yeah. And then and then my dad. <laughs> but after Jason, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a it's a different kind of loss. Could you talk about that a little bit? For uh, I don't want. I used to say. I used to say to people, losing a child is the worst possible loss you could ever have. And I I don't like to say that anymore because because your loss is your loss. That's what exactly. I would say. If, if you, you are in the pit, loss, if you, you are in the pit and you're grieving and and it hurts, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what. I mean, you're there. You can't. Right. You can only go so low. <laughs> and. uh so I, I don't like to say that anymore, but for me, for me, um, Jason was out of order. I, uh, right. you know, he, he wasn't supposed to die before us, mm-hmm. and and losing your 
I don't know, biological, your flesh and blood, him, him being, it, it, it just didn't seem... It didn't make sense. It didn't make any sense. It and doesn't... suddenly loses such a healthy child. Especially when I didn't have, I didn't have a real good, strong belief system about what happens when you die. And so I, I really had to struggle with, if this is all there is, I, yeah, I didn't want to stick around. You know, it's been 10, it'll be 10 years in July, a decade, which really just, when I say that, it's amazing to me because mm-hmm. um, it seems like yesterday when I go back to how he died. So, and you all know that. Um, okay. Jason and Josh had en- enlisted in the Navy, and they were leaving at 2.35 in the afternoon on July. That's Jason and his twin and his brother? His twin brother, Josh, okay. yes. Oh. They were to leave at 2.35 in the afternoon on July 22nd. And the night before, Jason went out with some friends. He actually went out by himself to find some friends. He didn't have a vehicle, so he walked up the street, and that, that's my last... Um, Actually, that's the last time I saw him. Okay, yeah, that's the picture I have in my mind. Um, And he asked Josh to go with him before he left, and Josh said no, which is totally reversed to what it normally is. Josh was our out-and-about kid, and Jason would would stay home. So um, that was interesting in itself. Jason found some friends. Um, They rode around for a while, and on our main street, and Riverton's just a little dink town, and so the tallest building in our town is three stories. And... There is a fire escape on the back of the building. In, in fact, at Christmas time, our newspaper reporter goes up on top of that building to take pictures of the Christmas lights on Main Street. Mm-hmm. And so Jason and his friends decided to climb up the fire escape and see Main Street for one last time before he left. And on his way down, he, for whatever reason, not thinking, reached out and grabbed a high-voltage line that was only about a foot from the fire escape. Wow. Um, And this was from the reports from the kids that were with him. Mm -hmm. And he fell to the, there was a platform below him about, oh, probably eight feet. He Mm -hmm. fell down and it sat up. Another, uh, one of the boys that was with him helped him down the fire escape Mm -hmm. after he'd grabbed the wire. Um, And for whatever reason, Jason took off running um, and then sat down again in the street, grabbed his arm and said, what was that? And by then, a neighbor person in a store, an apartment across the street had called the Police department, ambulances arrived, everybody came, and they called us. Um, he actually he grabbed the wire at 2.35 a.m., mm. and his watch stopped, which I have in my purse uh-huh. I carry with me. Um, they called us, told us to meet the ambulance at the hospital, that there had been some kind of an accident, and we went thinking that it was probably nothing, and got up there because he had been to the emergency room numerous times for BBE shots and whatever, mm-hmm. usually on a weekend. And um, three hours after we arrived, he his heart just stopped. Um, we were waiting on Life Flight to come and take him. His arm was, the electricity went in his hand, up his arm, down through his torso, and came mm-hmm. out his right thigh. Mm-hmm. So basically in between his right thigh and his shoulder, everything inside was bleeding. Mm-hmm. The whole time we were waiting on Life Flight and... And he he appeared when they got there to be okay. I mean, he was right. He was vocal. He knew the date. He knew he knew everything. He mm-hmm. sounded, which was really hard for us because we kept thinking, well, how could he do that if he's you know if right. it's that bad? And absolutely. And so that's how he died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can see how that happens in a split second. I can see how you're standing there and you just touch a wire and don't think mm-hmm. anything of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. We really struggled with that because you know you want to blame somebody, and so mm-hmm. you, you know, did somebody push him? Was there you know? What happened, and how? To, why would he do that? And interestingly enough, during the first year, at some point, I was sitting at the, our bank deposit window is right beside the fire escape, 
mm-hmm. he went up across the alley. So every time I would go to the bank after that, I would stare at the fire escape. And I had one of our boys with us from the group home, and he looked over, and I knew he was thinking about Jason falling. And I said, what? And just looked at him, and he said, how do you know the difference between an electrical wire and a uh, telephone line? That, that was my mm-hmm. question. And I said, you know, I really don't know why. Mm-hmm. And he said, this, this young man, 13 years old, said, because I don't know if you know it or not, but Jason and his brother and, our, and the neighbor boy, which I won't say his name, used to climb up the poles on the telephone line and hang on the telephone line. Uh, yeah. And so to me that was like a gift because suddenly it made sense. I mean, it made sense for him to be so silly <laughs> to do something like that. He probably had no clue. You know, never even thought about that being an electrical line. Right. I mean, there's a lot of wires that aren't high voltage. Right, that You can't exactly. touch and nothing would happen. Right. So you were still looking for the why anyway. Oh, yeah, right? of course. Why, we look for the why. Yes. Um, we have a caller right now, Rhonda. Um, let's take a call from her, and then we'll get back to, to talking more about Jason. And I want to talk a bit about his twin brother and, and mm-hmm. what happened with that. Uh, hi, Rhonda. Hello. Welcome to Healing the Grieving Heart. Thank you. Do you have a question or comment for Sandy or Heidi or I? Uh, yes, I have read Sandy's book, and actually she emailed me that she would be on today. Uh-huh. And so I just wanted to call in. I have actually listened to some of your um, recordings before through Compassionate Friends. Oh, great. Could you and tell us a little bit about your journey? You're a bereaved parent or a sibling? A uh, bereaved parent. Uh-huh. Um, I lost my son, Richard, uh, February 23rd, 2005, mm-hmm. in a car accident. Um, and it's been a really, really hard, tough time. Mm-hmm. It's like my life ended and I'm trying to move on, but I've also found people very cruel. Mm-hmm. I've been told that Richard would be ashamed of me because I feel mm-hmm. like this, and I've been told Richard wouldn't want you to be sad all the time. And I don't know why you're having such a hard time getting over this. You're too sensitive. When one door closes, another one opens, which makes no sense to me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just feeling sorry for yourself, a doctor mm-hmm. told me. <laughs> That's awful. I mean, he's, your son has just died not long ago. And, you know, people said to me, you know, Scott wouldn't have... I remember people saying to me, Scott would not have wanted you to feel this way. And I said, you know what? Maybe on an intellectual level I realized that, but my heart takes a while to catch up, and I'm grieving his loss because I loved him so much. It's a normal thing. Yes, uh, and... Thank God for you guys that I've found people like you that understand, and I thank you for telling me your stories, and I really appreciate that because when you're out here in the world, everybody tries to treat you like you're some crazy person, Mm -hmm. and then when I listen to other people that have gone through the same thing, I'm not really feeling any different than anyone else. That's that's right. You find out that we were all crazy. <laughs> no, I don't think you're crazy at all. No, but when we that first year or two, it's yeah, we're crazy. It's crazy fun. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff we did, uh, some of the stuff I did, I'm sure I don't remember half of it. How about you, Cindy? Oh yeah, I mean yeah, I mean I know I was I was I was nuttier than a fruitcake, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of the grief process. Hi, Rhonda. Hello. Hi. Well, you need to take care of yourself, Rhonda. I was on an airplane the other day, and they were talking, you know, the mat, they were doing that their airplane thing, and they said, now, um, when the oxygen mask comes down, make sure you put it on your own face before you put it on anybody else's, and that's what I'm saying to you. Take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Th- thank you so much. Okay, thank you so much for calling in, and keep listening. Thanks, Rhonda. 
Thank you. Rhonda, take care. Bye-bye. You do. Bye. <laughs> wow, isn't it amazing what goes on out there? Yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, her son died, what, in 2005? Yeah. I mean, this is really new grief. Yep. Yep. Very fresh and uh, and normal. What she's Absolutely. saying is normal. Yeah. That's what we hear. And, you know, people want to fix it. They want to make it better for us. They want us to get over it because they don't want to deal with our grief and our pain. And they want to help us and make it better and fix it. Well, the way to fix it is to bring our loved one back into our lives. You can't right. fix it. Right. You just have to be with us in our grief and allow us to have it and acknowledge it and sit with us. And speak his name or her name. Right. Exactly. Let, yeah. us, let us be in our grief. Absolutely. People want us to be like we were. Right. And I know you were saying in your book, Sandy, there's then and now. Exactly. Yeah. We're changed. Before and after. Yeah. Yeah, before and after. And okay. I don't like to say, like, specific things that everybody who grieves needs to do, but there's two things that I believe very strongly. And one of them is that you have to feel that. You have to go through the valley. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't avoid it. You can't put it off. You can't just keep busy and it'll go away. You've got to feel that pain. Mm-hmm. And you've got to feel it up one side and down the other. And then I think you need to make a decision to move on. And then you, you were talking about going to the pit. I used to call it going to the well. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whatever, it's down there. <laughs> it's yeah. just as low as you can go. Yeah, yeah. And early on, it, it, early on, everything feels like a big black hole, too, mm-hmm. for the year, first year. Everything that happens in your life is because your kid died or your sibling died. Well, yeah. you feel like, is this my new life? Will I feel like this forever? Right. Because I don't want to be here if this is the way I'm going to feel forever. Yep. Well, we have got three callers, and uh, we want to start taking those right now. So let's start with Delane. Are you there, Delane? Yes, I am. Hi, welcome Hi, to Healing the Grieving Heart. Hello, thank you. Where are you from? I'm from Sturgis, South Dakota. South Dakota, great. Yeah. Uh, did you have a comment or question for us? Well, I did. Um, my son was killed over in Iraq December 24th, 2003, mm-hmm. and I have since... Um, Finished my master's degree, built a house, um, ran like crazy all over the nation um, trying to find him. And um, I'm just really, (laughs) I'm grateful that you guys are here because you have given me permission to um, not put closure on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he was 26 year old and he was my captain. And what's his name? Christopher. Christopher. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm I'm starting uh, looking for starting a chapter here in this area. I know that um, we don't have one here. Um, and I know that Sandy lives not too far from us. Um, kind of across Wyoming, but um, I'm just grateful for her book and um, for what you guys are doing. Thank uh, you. Well, thank you so much. I'm I'm really pleased to hear that you're looking into starting a chapter. Have you been in touch with the Compassionate Friends? No, I haven't. So go on their website. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Sandy, I'm, I'm sure can help you better than I. I know. <laughs> but go on the website and you can find some information about. Um, call them and talk to them about it. But I would also love to have you email me because I wanted to have some um, moms whose kids were killed in Iraq on the show because we haven't done that. I would I would love to do that. So if you'd like to, please give me an email. And uh, Okay, how do I do that? Uh, Is this Gloria? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Through our website, healingthegrievingheart.org. Okay. 
Yep. Okay, I will. Okay. And, and if uh, you get lost somewhere, Delaine, do you know how to email me? Yeah, I do, okay. Sandy. Okay. okay. Yeah, and thank Sandy, you we'll so have to do your website. And thank you for calling in, Delaine, and, and uh, love yourself. We love you, and uh, you're on the right path. And, yeah, those continuing bonds that never closes. I really appreciated your last caller and, and how, you know, a year and a half is nothing in, in the greater scheme of things. And yeah. like Sandy said, 10 years, and it makes her, you know, when I think it's been three years, almost, or three years since I've seen Chris, it still gets caught in my throat. Absolutely. And I, I, can't, I can't get past that. It's like, what do you mean? I, it was just yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's my passion and my mission now in life is to um, be able to give people the permission to hold on to their loved ones. And, um, you know, they, they are... My son was so much a part of me, and um, he is. Pardon? He, he, he is. is a part of you. Absolutely. I couldn't hear that. He is a part of you. Yes, he is. Okay. And I just can't. You know, I love the part where you said to integrate him into our lives, and and that's that's what I want to do. So I will email you guys, and I look forward to hearing the other callers. Great. Thank you Very for calling good. in. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. And it reminds me so much. I, I saw a, a psychologist named Robert Niemeyer speak, and he does a lot on death and grief and speaks. And he said, closure, and I said this before, closure is for bank accounts, not love accounts. Mm. And I just love wow. that thing. Yeah. Absolutely. So true. Great comment. Um, we're going to take another caller, Pam. And after we get through talking to Pam, I think I, I'm going to mention some of the things that Sandy talks about in her book that I certainly consider a wonderful continuing bonds and give people some ideas. And one of the ideas I've already gotten just from her is, um, what were you saying that you had of Jason's? You have something you carry, didn't you? His watch. Oh, his watch. Yes, yes. I thought that was really profound. With the time that he died, 235, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. 235. Yeah, yeah. But, and it's also a piece of him. He awarded it on mm-hmm. his arm, and, yeah. and it's there, and it's that continuing bond you have. Well, we've got another caller. Pam, are you there? Yes, hello. Hi, Pam. Welcome to Healing the Grieving Heart. Thank you. Where are you from? Um, I live in Highland, Michigan. Great. Did you have a question for one of us or comment? Well, uh, I wanted to uh, uh, mention to Sandy. I read her book. Um, we have... She's emailed me a couple of times, and I've also talked to her friend, uh, Pat O'Connell. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm coming up here in two days on the anniversary of my son's death. Mm-hmm. So it's two years, you say? Pardon me? Did you say it's two years? No, this is the first year. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and you're coming up on the anniversary. Can you give us, yeah. his, can you give us his name, please? His name is Daniel Hauser. Daniel. Mm-hmm. His name is Daniel. Daniel Hauser. Yes. And blessed is that name. Pardon me? And blessed is that name. Oh, thank you very much. Um, we have a, he left us with a little grandson. Oh, that's great. Um, that he didn't get to meet. He's kind of my little, I call him my Danny Spark. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, um, is there any way to make getting through that first year any easier. Uh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. That's a hard one. We've all been there. We I know. know. <laughs> we know what you're saying. Is there any any way to make it easier? You know, the only thing you can do is try to take care of yourself physically, for one thing. 
Okay. You know, eating, so, drinking, you know, trying to sleep, and Sandy might have some other ideas than Heidi. But you do, first of all, need to think about yourself. And not have, too, right. many, not have too many expectations. Celebrate the small things in life you do every day. Um, and like you said, you're connected to your grandson. You're, you're listening. You're calling into the radio show. You're listening. The little tiny things you do. Absolutely. This is a big thing to call into this yeah, show. Absolutely. You ought to pat yourself on the back for that. It is. Do you have, <laughs> yeah. a, do you have a support group, Pam? Mm-hmm. Um, I have family um, mostly. Um, you- like I've talked with Pat O'Connell. He put me in touch with uh, the compassionate friends in our area, but okay. I haven't been able to get to one of their meetings yet. Can you get online and into a chat room? Uh, yeah, I could. You need to go to the Compassionate Friends website. They have a chat every single night. Mm-hmm. And talking about your son and okay. listening to the other people will help you. Absolutely. Okay. You need to tell your story, and and you need to tell it to people who are, are, can hang in with you and listen to it and, and can have you cry and can, are willing to sit there with you and be with that, you. That can handle your grief and that can also normalize what you're going through and say, yeah, we're going through the same thing. We've been there or we are there right now. There's another question. I don't know if this is um, the man that killed Daniel uh, is in jail. Mm-hmm. I seem to have this compulsion to write him a letter. Is that un- is that unethical or um, I don't know? Is it just seem too cruel? I don't know. I, you know, I I know that his family is suffering and. No, Were you? Uh, he did. He actually was. He he was actually convicted. Yeah, he he uh, he hit my son, and then he drove away, and then he tried to hide, and then he lied about everything, and put us all through this huge horrendous trial. Uh, oh yes, my but, opinion is write it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and also you know, um, my mother's done some shows on homicide, and yeah, if you I, listen, I would, to, I would listen yeah. to those. Those would be helpful, I think. I think so too. Have you listened to any of the other shows? Uh, no, this is my first time. Actually, I got the e- uh, email from Sandy Great. saying that you guys were on, and so I decided I would. Well, go to our website or the Compassionate Friends website. Our website's the same as the show, healingthegrievingheart.org. Okay. If you will go on that website, we've been on for a year, and you can uh, you'll find people who have gone through what you've gone through who. Um, Lou Cox is a victim's advocate. I was trying to see when he's on. Um, but it, it'll have Carl a list McDonald's. of... Carl McDonald. Yeah, Carl McDonald. Yeah. His, uh, we just interviewed him. Yeah. Uh, when a Sibling is Murdered uh, with Ben Sheev, Thief, that was on. And uh, that's a good show. That's November 10th. So go on and peruse through some of these shows. They're on you the can net. listen anytime. Yeah. Okay. Anytime you you can listen to these shows and you can hear what other people have been through. But Sandy's right. You need to tell your story. Mm-hmm. So it's great to just listen to shows. On the other hand, it's good to go to groups or do a chat room or something. So okay. because you need to be able to tell your story about that. And that's why I love the internet. If you can't get out there, like Sandy was saying, if you can't get out there, the internet's in your home and you can log on. I'm sorry. What was that? That's why the internet is wonderful. You don't have to leave your home. You can get in a chat room at home. Okay. All right. And um, take care of yourself, Pam. Thank you. It's a it's a tough time and it hurts. It hurts it like hurt. hell. Remember, you you hurt as much as you love. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, ladies, for Thanks. being there. Thanks so much. Have for a nice day. Thank you. you Bye.
Mm-hmm. I love that ending. Have a nice day. That is so <laughs> sweet. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Coming up on the first year, that is really tough. Yeah, yeah, and the really, anniversary. Really and plus, they've been through all those trials and things. Right. Oh, so it's been a horrendous first year. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you know, you're all torn. And, you know, are you going to feel sorry for this other family? And, you know, it's like the oxygen mask coming down again. You've got to put it on your own face first. Yeah. Well, and, and with the homicide, what we've seen from past shows is that oftentimes you put your grief on hold for a while and all your energy is invested in the trial. Mm-hmm. And once that's over, then the pain and the grief and all that really sets in. The reality is really there. And that anger, you know, right. is a powerful, a powerful uh, trip to the pit, right, Sandy? Exactly. Oh, yeah. I, don't how, I don't know how some people can get past it to get... To, to grieve. I mean, I, I, I'm so glad I, did, I didn't have the extenuating circumstances. Sandy, that's what we talk to people over and over about. How did you look through the anger? What did that look like, and how did you end up on the other side? It's been interesting to hear what, how people have done that. Right. We've got three callers. Sandy is just way too popular. We can barely get to all the things we wanted to talk to her about because we've got all these Collins because she has such a fabulous network and what powerful Collins they are too, Sandy. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to uh, start the show by talking to Andrea. Are you there, Andrea? Yes. Hi. Yes. Welcome to Hi. Hand the Grieving Heart. Hi, Thank Andrea. Thank you. Oops. Did you have a comment or a question for one of us? Yes. Um, I first of all, I really appreciate you being there. Um, my my daughter died April first, two thousand five, mm-hmm. just a little over a year ago, wow. at her at her college in Vermont. Um, she before this tragic accident, she had just returned from Kenya to work, working with AIDS orphans, That's and then she had gotten back to campus and had. Uh, she was preparing to direct a play, uh, which was, she was a theater major, and had cast it and was in rehearsals, and one of her classes was a dance class, and she and one other girl were in a third floor dance studio uh, practicing the choreography, and as part of the choreography, they just placed their hands on this floor-to-ceiling piece of plate glass window with no, there was no bar, or there was a radiator, and the glass shattered, and they tripped and fell out, and my daughter was killed. Oh, wow, what a fantastic! And accident. her graduation would be this weekend. Oh, <laughs> so that is tough. So I'm, I'm glad you're here just to say this, and, and I'm, I bet you, you guys have been through. Well, either what would have been one of your child's graduations, or something like that. Absolutely. And I'm but you know what? This is you, and this yeah. is the first year. And what's her name? Uh, Andrea. Oh, Andrea. Yeah. Is your name Andrea, too? Oh, her name is Kelly. Oh, Kel- yeah, Kelly. Kelly. That's what I wanted to know, what her name was. Ke- yeah. What her name is, actually. Is Kelly, Kelly. yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it would be her graduation. And what are you going to do on that day? That's what we're trying to figure out. Um, I I have, you know, been communicating with some of her friends, um, uh, you know, but it's their graduation too. So I've been very careful to congratulate them, and yet share that our family is quite sad because we can't be there. You know, to to enjoy their graduation as well as see our own daughter's graduation. And but we're at the, during the time that we know the ceremony is going on, we want to do something here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm just wondering if you have any ideas. <laughs> I, I actually have an idea, which I've, I've 
someone has done, which I thought was wonderful, and that's to release helium balloons in the air. Oh, say that again, please. Releasing helium, taking, having helium balloons and maybe Ooh. releasing them into the okay. air. And you could even get happy graduation balloons. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And I think they're environmental friendly ones too because right. there's some issues with that also. So you could look right. into that. But balloons are wonderful ideas. You know, putting a rose in a, um, a, a special vase that Candle. you do candles. Um, yeah, wonderful things like that. Uh, you can have a graduation party with a cake. You can do whatever you want. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, whatever yeah. feels comfortable. And you can do or as little or as much. Whatever you have the energy for, that's the important thing. Some people yeah. like to visit graves, you know, for special events. Uh, some people don't. You know, whatever you want to do is what should be done. And, I and, appreciate that. And your daughter did so much for the world. She has left her imp- imprint and impact in yes. what she's done for the world. So. Congratulations to her on that day because she is impacting generations from the work she has done. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, I know we will get through this because we made it through the anniversary, but it's still just really tough. Absolutely. (laughs) The first year is very hard. These are wonderful ideas, and I really appreciate it. Well, listen into our show and uh, on the archives through our website, healingthegrievingheart.org. Okay. And uh, you'll get some more thoughts and ideas. And keep in touch. We love Thank emails. You. Call again. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. Okay. You Bye. 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 Uh, we have a Maureen on the phone. Hi. Uh, Hi, Maureen. Hi. Um, first, I wanted to say to Sandy that I read her book last summer. Um, I read a billion books since this happened to me last June since my daughter died. And, um, and what is her name? My name's Maureen. My daughter's name is Andrea or Ani. She's known Ani. as Ani. Okay. And um, I read a lot of books, and last summer hers was the first book that kind of really helped me in, in some you know, way to kind of try to believe my daughter was still with me. Mm-hmm. That's been the biggest struggle. Anyway, um, the anniversary of her death is June 26th, mm-hmm. and it's coming up. And mm-hmm. also... She's a, she would be a senior in high school, and mm-hmm. all of her friends are graduating next week. Oh. And the yearbook's coming out today, which they dedicated to her. And mm-hmm. I'm just sort of feeling overwhelmed by all these memories of everything that happened last year at this time, because she had mono and died from complications from mono. I mean, it was supposed to be, you know, this thing you get, you know, a virus. Right. And, um, you know, right now I'm a teacher, and... I keep everything I'm doing, I'm thinking, you know, last year at this time, mm-hmm. you know, she was not feeling well, but she was still going to school. But some days when I was having to go to school and do things, she was saying, please don't go. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I guess I'm just trying to figure out how to get through all these dates coming up. Friends of hers invite me to things like parties, and I don't think I can handle it. I mean, I'm glad I heard about the balloon idea. We released balloons another time, and I think that's a nice idea I might use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, you know, you can only do so much. You have to take right. care of yourself. I, sometimes I think all you can do is just go one breath at a time. Yeah, you just absolutely. breathe in and you breathe out. And eventually, time will pass and you'll be able to go back to where you were and you'll be able to to work through some of that. Mm-hmm. You're, it's all in your right. face right now. Uh, yeah, that's what absolutely. I mean, Andy. This is a hard time. I mean, the yearbook's being dedicated. My bro- The yearbook was dedicated to my brother also. Yeah. And uh, he had his graduation. It was It was a really... Horrible time. 
Yeah. It, was, it was bittersweet, you know, watching his friends graduate, knowing he wasn't there. And oh, God, yeah, I know. It's really it's hard. Just, everything feels so bittersweet. It's mm-hmm. like I want to congratulate them. I want to ask them what colleges they're going to, and I try to, and then I just kind of walk away. And by the time I get to a place by myself, I fall apart. Mm-hmm. Do you have someone to talk to? Like, you just told us your story. Do you have someone you can do that with anytime you want? Well, I do go to a grief counselor, and I'm in a little, I'm in a support group, too, Um yeah. Um, okay. So, and we and Sandy was saying there's an online chat with two compassionate friends if you yeah. want to. And uh, and she's my only child too, so it's just, uh, that's very tough. And you know, uh, we've done shows on uh, with Rick Yachty, uh mm-hmm. who who both of his children died. You might want to tune into his show. We okay. did it a few weeks ago. People that and, lost uh, their only children. Yeah. Yeah, and please. Uh, um, Email us and take care of yourself and call in, listen, you know, however we can help you. We've been there. We we, we are suffering with you. We know. Thank you. We know. Thank you. So take care of yourself. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for calling. So uh, we have Karen, I believe that's our last call in. Is that right? Karen, are you there? Yes. Hi. 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 Welcome to Healing the Grieving Heart. Hi. Did you have a question or comment for us? Uh, well, I I just wanted to talk to Sandy, and we're in the chat group together. Oh, great! So, hi, Karen. Uh, hi. Um, are we on the air? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm listening to another one. Um, I mean, to the same one. Um, oh, you have to turn it off because there's yes, a delay. I yeah. did. Okay. Um, I'm KD, and I'm. I'm oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> And um, I am also coming up to my first anniversary mm-hmm. of my son's death. Um, his name is Sean. And uh, it, listening to everybody and hearing voices and putting, instead of just being on the chat, um, is it's, it's horrible and nice at the same time to hear mm-hmm. others and, and to hear you know, Sandy, you're alive. After 10 years, you're alive. <laughs> and uh, isn't that the truth? The first year, we were all saying, will we be alive? Well, we were all saying we really didn't want to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we have to live, you know, like this. Yeah. It's, uh, I think, you know, I found compassionate friends through uh, reading Stone Soup, which is a really beautiful book. Um, not too many words, and so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, right? Yeah. yeah, and uh, so I I went online and and found this group, and um, I live in a rural area, so there's really nothing around for me, um, and uh, so you know I I just wanted to say that I I really appreciate um, the ways that you've reached out, Sandy, and um, you know the radio show and anything that. It helps other people to, um, and and for me, you know, I, I can't even imagine getting through. Uh, I don't know what that means to get right. through something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it it's more of a process of continuing to go through. You know, Sean, I'm going to have to cut you off, but stay on, and okay. when the show goes off, we'll talk to you. 
um, okay. after the show. But because it's time for us to close the show right now, I hate to say, um, because well. it's been such an incredible show and uh, wonderful with all these call-ins. And, Sandy, thank you so much for being on the show. And you have a wonderful book. And please uh, get her book, A Journey from Lost to Love, and you will hear more about how Sandy's made it through with her journey and, and done so much to go on to help others. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.